everyone. Welcome to BAM, the show where we chat about all things sports, all things entertainment. And then at the end of the show, we put it all together to chat some sports entertainment. Otherwise, known as wrestling, we're your hosts. As always, I'm Boris, and I am joined by Matt. Bonjour. How's everybody doing out there? We hope you're doing well. Boris, it was a busy week for yours truly. Way crazier than I usually get. Um, but, you know, I made it, got some sleep last night, and uh, you're on the road. It's road, Boris. Yeah, it's roadie Boris. It's road dog Boris. It's uh, double <laughs> B. I don't know. I don't know where I'm going with that. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's a crazy week here in general, both for both of us and for SNME. It's a special week here. A lot of people are probably wondering, how am I getting this show right now? Well, you're getting this show because we have decided to make each and every show free this week this week only we're calling it the patron preview week so you can kind of get that look as to what you're missing because we're more than just a radio show we're more than just that weekly show on sunday nights where they chat about all things wrestling um you know each and every single day we have a show that really focuses around wrestling um you know we have a raw review we have an nxt review we have a smackdown review we have a Rampage review and a Dynamite review. And then there's this show, you know, the, the hodgepodge, the smorgasbord of, 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 of wrestling reviews and wrestling shows. And, well, we talk sport entertainment to kind of, you know, change things up a little bit. But that's what BAM basically is. And, uh, you know, Matt and I are your tour guides to that. Uh, so hopefully you enjoy this show. Hopefully you kind of, you know, see the, the see, see, you know, the benefits of being a patron and then, you, you know, Go to patreon.com slash SNME radio and, you know, for just five bucks a month, you get every show that you're going to be getting this week. Now, a lot of people are wondering and, you know, ask, why this week? Well, this weekend, we have a very busy weekend here in SNME. And for, you know, anyone who has a podcast, they're going to be busy this weekend because it is Clash at the Castle for WWE. It is Worlds Collide for NXT, and it is all out for AEW. And typically, I like to give one show a week. And, you know, when I plan that free show, I usually look at the schedule and see kind of what, what the big topic is in wrestling. If there's a AEW uh, pay-per-view i usually go with one of the AEW shows if it's a wwe premium live event i'll go with the one of the wwe shows because everyone seems to be wanting to to put on a special event this weekend on labor day weekend you know i'm like threw my hands up in there and said everyone's getting everything for free this week only pay patreon preview week and just remember you know this wednesday is the 31st this thursday is the first so if you are a patron you gotta renew if you're if you want to listen and be part of our after parties this weekend for the special shows, for the pay per views, for the premium live events. You gotta be a patron, and we'll send you a Zoom link, and you can be part of the show, get your voice heard. That's just one of the many benefits that you get here for being a patron on SNME. <sighs> Extra spiel this week, Matt. Nice. Nailed it, buddy. I think you did that pretty well. Yeah. Not only do you get a show a week, you also got to join in on the fun and the after parties. So uh, we appreciate all of our patrons and it's a crowdfunded, crowdsourced project. And the more patrons that we get, the more we can actually do this as our full time job and cover more weird things, watch more uh, stuff like 
NWA 74, which I believe you caught some of. I uh, gracefully bowed out of this time. No time for Tyrus for me anyway. Yeah, it was uh, something that, that happened this weekend. Kind of talked about <laughs> it a bit on the ramble and caught more of it after the fact. But, uh, whew, it was something. It was something for, for sure. Dare we say my narrative was controlled for it. Yeah, man. I don't know. It, it was it was not exactly a smashing show for young Billy Corgan. But yeah, we're going to get into that into the wrestling portion. We like to start with a little chat about ourselves, our lives, and then some sports and some entertainment. So uh, yeah, man. How's Boris? How's the big homie right now? I'm doing pretty good. Overall, I'm doing swell. As we kind of said, this week is you know I'm on the road for for the entire week, and I'll be back on Friday just in time for for our super busy weekend uh but outside of that like at work this week you know we have our fiscal year and the fiscal year for 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 where i work goes from september 1st to august 31st so that's one of the reasons why i have to kind of show my face in the office in montreal um so you know that that's 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 that and then i got other stuff to do other places to be um and obviously, just because I am going into the office, you know, they, it's it, it's like, oh, Boris is here. Let's throw all the meetings, right? All of the meetings, yeah. every meeting. And uh, yeah, just, you know, I got some more responsibilities at work. So I got to figure some stuff out, meeting with some of the new team, uh, kind of wrapping my head around, geez, about what I just accepted and what I'm doing. And that's, that's, that's kind of where we're at with stuff. It's just a, a super, super busy week. Nice, man. Well, that's good, though. You got to you got to figure out that stuff right now on the ground floor. Build a nice foundation for your new uh, position. That's dope, man. Uh, and it's good to get out. It's good to travel a little bit. I'm, I'm jealous of that. Montreal's a beautiful city. Oh, it's 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 one of my favorites. Um, and, and yeah, it's it's I love the fact that, you know, I've been working from home since 2015. Like because the home base is in Montreal and my job typically is on the road, uh, all the different roles that I've had in this company. So I've been lucky to be working from home for this long. Right. So the whole pandemic stuff and all that fun stuff, like fun stuff, uh, didn't really change much for how I work, per se, outside of the fact that I wasn't traveling for a long time. But, yeah, it's 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 something to say the least. Yeah, no doubt. Well, hey, man, that, that it's good, though. I, it sounds like you have a good attitude about it, too. Like, more responsibility is tough, but obviously there are perks with uh, getting a promotion. You know what I mean? So there's, uh, you know, pros and cons. Exactly. Um, but, yeah, it's out of that, like, this weekend, I, it's just going to be a super busy weekend, just with SNME stuff alone. And then, obviously, like, you know, I try to still have some some resemblance of, a, of, a, of an actual life, right, outside of here. So making plans with people as best as I can. Honestly, I just don't know what time I'll be around on Friday. That's the one thing. It's the whole, okay, I'm supposed to travel, but I don't know if it's actually going to happen sometimes, right? So it's just kind of wrapping my head around, okay, so I'm going to try to do something Friday night, possibly. We'll see. You know, Saturday we have, like, the afternoon carved off. Got plans for the evening, which leads us into Sunday. And, yeah, just... Man, it's just busy. It's just busy all around. And I'm looking at, like, my agenda already for next week, you know, the next work week, even taking into consideration that we have Monday off. Oh, it's, it's going to be a busy time, my friend. 
Yeah, dude. Yeah, well, hey, man, we're, you're going to navigate it well. And yeah, hopefully you get some social life in there as well. But uh, it's it's not the worst to sacrifice the social life for a weekend here and there, you know? No, oh, that's exactly it. Like, you know, it's you got to put in the work sometimes, right? And that that's, that's the thing. Like, you really got to put in the work sometimes. And I'm not saying sacrifice your entire life, you know, for 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 work or for whatever, you know? Your side, your side hustles, as they like to say. You, you should never sacrifice a lot of your life for that. But sometimes you just gotta, you know, put in the work, and things pay off at the end of the day, right? Like, you know, that's that's gotta work to get stuff. Yeah, absolutely right, man. And hey, we work hard here in SNME, and you specifically do. But yeah, man. It is social life is important as well. I had some social life this week. Let me tell you, boy, howdy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It sounds like it. You've you've been you've you know from going to raw from doing other stuff. Uh, tell me about it. Like we we talked here and there, but I, f- I felt like last week was one of the rare times where we talked more about business, for lack of a better t- word, SNME stuff, then, 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 like, you know, catching up and, and shooting the shit, right? Like, I felt like right. it was more, uh, you know, we're, we're talking about TikToks, we're talking about after parties, we're talking about, you know, Patreon stuff, we're talking about free preview weeks. Remember, this is a free preview week. <laughs> Patreon.com slash SNME radio, just five bucks for all the shows, including chit chat like this. Uh, so yeah, um, tell me about it, man. What, what, what spurred the 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 week that Matt acted like he was Boris? <laughs> yeah, usually I'm a little bit more of a homebody. Not that I don't like to go out and be social, but it's just kind of my default nature to just you know more be chill, more stay home and watch like a comedy special or like tap out something on my computer, do some writing. I do quite enjoy being out in the world, though, and I got a lot of out in the world this week. So I think we all have that one friend who hits your life like a fucking tornado. They just upend everything and it's just like go, go, go. So we have this one friend. He's a comedian out in Edmonton. His name is Michael Moore. He's not that Michael Moore. He goes by the Birdman. And he basically is like the white, I don't know, Steve Harvey. He just wears like outlandish garish suits and he is the loudest man. And he is just like, he is just a crazy motherfucker, but he is, he's a good, he's a good guy. He's got a good heart and uh, lots of fun times. So yeah, we just, I did go to raw on Monday with my other friend, uh, Justin Lacey, who is a patron here and we're going to get him on some podcasts in the future. He's a, he's a, he's a bright kid. And uh, broadcast uh, <laughs> student anyway. So, yeah. So, my friend Mike Moore, the Birdman, comes into town. We go to the ROM, have a nice cultured uh, evening, and then come back, get absolutely drunk, go to this, uh, go to Sneaky D's, which was very nice. Toronto staple. If you've never been to Snake, Sneaky D's, best nachos in the city. Uh, Got to check that wings. place out. Some of the best wings in the city. Absolutely. It's a good spot. You know, it's a, the classic Toronto uh, dive, the faux dive. It's not really a dive, although it pretends to be. Uh, anyway, so yeah, Wednesday night just got kind of trashed. They did their own thing on Thursday. We went to the Jays game on Friday, which was the day before Otani pitched, which was the 12 nothing drubbing. We were at that Toronto Blue Jays game. Of course, this guy, we can't do, can't find him, can't friggin' get our tickets. Like, we missed the first two innings. We missed Shohei's first two at-bats. I think it was 7 nothing by the time we rolled in there. So, 
We were just getting drunk and going to that. We ended up from a Blue Jays baseball game at this like electronic show where this DJ is just spinning. And I just felt like the oldest man on earth <laughs> with these with these children, basically. But, you know, I, I was dancing. We were all having fun. Not surprisingly, this 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 bird man. I, he's shorter than I am, and I'm I'm generously five ten, which means I'm actually like five eight, five nine, which means he's probably like five six, five seven. Thick white boy talks like this, ha, ha, lots of laughter, ha, ha. and then he's just literally cutting a rug, like the best dancer in that place, no lie. Like he's got a crowd, people are like, oh my god, like what is this guy doing? He's just just busting moves, cutting a rug, and then on Saturday. They went to uh, Canada's Wonderland, and I can neither confirm nor deny that this man did acid at Canada's Wonderland. So that's the <laughs> that's the kind of friend I've been dealing with all week. He's been crashing on my couch, just like not a lot of sleep, but you know, a lot of good times. I just he's one of those guys who's always on like not even 10 out of 10, like 15 out of 10, 17 out of 10. He just did acid at Canada's Wonderland, uh, allegedly. Maybe, we can possibly. Neither confirm, allegedly. We can neither confirm nor deny. But yeah, yeah. man, it's just like... Oh, I've never, ever met a guy like that. But, he, you know, he's a good guy. He really is. We don't we don't get along politically. Like if I if we just knew each other on Facebook, I'd hate him. But because we're actually like human beings and we could talk to each other, we went to school together. And I actually you know what I mean? Like it's important to hang out with people who you do disagree with. It's important to have friends on the other side of the political spectrum and who live a completely different life than you. You know what I mean? And I, 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 I don't know. I just, I love that kid. And it was, it was nice to hang out with him. And I got some Toronto. I got, I, I was like a tourist in my own city this week. It was nice. Being a tourist in your city is always fun. Like that's, that's a comment I made to you last week uh, when, when you went to the ROM and then ended up at Sneaky D's. Like it's, it's fun sometimes. And there's things that you do when you're kind of showing other people around especially a city like any city it doesn't matter um that you would never do because you live here right you kind of take advantage of the fact that you that that you live here and you don't do certain things like you know i've never been to the ripley's aquarium right like that's something i've oh, never really? done yeah that's it's a great date spot i uh, yeah i i've taken a couple dates there it's it's a really really solid date spot for whatever reason i love it, it, it the visuals are so nice you get to walk around get to know someone you know i i recommend it in any situation but especially for for a first date or like a second date there you go like i've been to the cn tower once went up once for a family visit right like it's just these are the things i just don't do because i live yeah. here um, you know, there's certain things that I would much rather do with my time as opposed to some of these like quote unquote tourist traps. But yeah, it, it's, it's always good having people from outside of town and it's great that, it, you know, you're seeing that. One thing I wanted to ask though, just because I was kind of a, a bit of a hermit this week, um, this weekend was, was something I've noticed though, like maybe I forgot just how busy Toronto gets, but man, Oh man, are the streets just incredibly packed everywhere? Yeah, absolutely packed, vibrant, lots of traffic too. But yeah, lots of people. It was also Fan Expo this weekend, so we were walking downtown, going to the Jays game, and Darth Vader was walking by, and Scorpion walked by, and I feel like it's actually like a, a down year for Fan Expo. Usually, it's a bigger deal than it feels like this year, but they, but people are still enjoying it, still having fun. I I don't know, man. Like like. 
taking a look at the north and south buildings and pictures from there, I would say it's it's busier. But you're right that the hype didn't feel like it was it's like like in other years. Uh, but I don't know, like it just seemed busier. Uh, and and I know a ton of people. I felt like the one year I don't do it is the year that like everyone I know and their mother or daughter end up going right. Like it was just it's just it's just crazy. And then you also have the CNE going on, which is just a just a shit show for lack of a better term <laughs> yeah and there's all kinds of like really mistimed uh ttc stoppages which is actually adding to the congestion and the overall craziness yeah. of the city right now but yeah. it definitely feels vibrant again it's a it's a stark contrast from march 2020 like walking around bloor street and there's no one it's a ghost town and you're like oh my god what yeah. a world yeah that was so surreal um, I'll just never forget, like being stuck in the states and then getting the the word from not only the customer but from my from my work, like, hey, we're shutting down. Like we are not allowing anyone in the buildings anymore. And at that point, I'm like, I gotta get the hell home. And just those last few days, you know, prior to Friday, March 13th, was so hectic, so nerve wracking. Just it was already nerve wracking because he kind of knew something was going on, and like I, I I didn't even like being in the airport. Like I would get my ticket and then just sit by the gate. I wouldn't go to the, I wouldn't do anything else but just sit by the gate. Maybe go to the bathroom if I really had to go. Yeah, yeah, man. It was definitely like that eerie feeling, like that that calm before the storm, for lack of a better term. And there was quite the storm, but the city of Toronto is back. Uh, not many people wearing masks, although there are some, but yeah, that, let's not get into that. Anyway, the city's back in full force. I'll tell you that much. There are people bumping into each other everywhere. It feels like home. Yeah. You know, you know what's back in full force already. And it's just like, I look at the calendar. I'm like, okay, it makes sense. It's not that crazy. But in my mind, it's just like, wow, it's too early. What's that? Halloween stuff. The fact that spirit stores are beginning to open already. That's a really good point. It's almost September, dude. Summer's over. I'm so glad I got this this time to cram as much summer into my physical system as I could handle this week. But yeah, man, summer's almost over, dude. Although, I, thankfully, in Toronto, it does stay pretty warm. Like, where I grew up in Sudbury, or even actually north of Sudbury, it started snowing, like, September 15th sometimes. You know, well, there was legitimately snow, like, a good amount of snow in Halloween half the time. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, like, I remember as a kid here in Toronto, in Mississauga, where, you know, because I grew up in Mississauga, uh, um, where, where we had to, where it was snowing, right? Like, that was a thing when we were younger. And then magically, for some reason, it's just not happening right now. Don't want to get into <laughs> that also. But, you know, it, it's just crazy, though, like how now the summer essentially lasts into October, right? Um, yeah. You know, we always had that phenomena that they always called the quote unquote Indian summer. Right. I wonder what it's called now. Anyways. But it was like that. that, that those few days in September, October, where it was just like disgusting. But now it just feels like it's the norm. Right. Like we don't actually get fall until closer to November. Right. Like and even then fall and spring. Are, are getting so short that we literally go from like super heat and humidity to snow and why am i living in toronto 
Yes, yeah, exactly. Although it, it, Toronto Winters haven't been too bad lately. Let's knock mm. on wood. I, I might be bringing on a bad one this year. Uh, anyway, what if what if we did just do masks and politics and just you know, just those topics? Well, then, well also, then we could have Tyrus on any time he wanted. <laughs> yeah, I went if there. Tyrus were to, if Tyrus were to come on the SNME radio show, uh, I I would at least like the chance to to be on and to talk to him if that were to happen. Yeah, I, uh, exactly. I, I I would I, I think I, I don't know. I think the brand is probably above somebody who's on Fox News and who's got numerous allegations against him. And I think I think that could be said about any brand. I think that could be said about the NWA and this brand as well. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, like there's certain people who just you don't need to give mic time to. Right. Um, and that's that. Anyways. But I, but, but I was just talking. I was just talking about the Birdman, man, and he, he's he's pretty right wing. I love that guy. It's good to have opposing viewpoints. I'm also saying we have to draw the line somewhere, and I think a good place to draw the line is Fox News correspondent who has numerous sexual misconduct allegations against him. Yeah. You um, know? But you know what? You, you actually bring up a great point, and that's like the whole having people with opposing views in your, fr- in your circle of friends, right? Like... I do. I 100% do. God, I have them in my own family, right? Like, um, it's important, you know? And I think that sometimes people have to look past political views sometimes. Yes, it can define a person sometimes. Yes, it can kind of have a person act a certain way. But at the end of the day, and this is what I've always said, and maybe, like, because I've always dealt with online groups in some shape way or form like the red patch boys primarily online yeah we did a lot of stuff in person but like the major uh connections were built online on message boards uh similar to snme right like similar in the sense that like all built online by the way news about just the online presence which i'll get to in a second now you know so I th- it's just important like to meet people face to face to have that face to face conversation because you'd be surprised at what people type versus how people actually are sometimes this isn't this is a very generalization of stuff but you know oftentimes you'd be shocked at how different people are with a face to face meeting sometimes people don't have the balls to say the stuff that they do behind a keyboard and maybe that's a fault right maybe that's a, that's a that's a that's an x on on becoming friends with them but at the same time i don't know i find that people are just so 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 tunnel visioned right now yeah man especially in this in this uh particular political climate it's important to remember that People on the other side generally are good people who want the same things you do. They just were raised differently and, you know, they have opposing views on things. And uh, for the most part, that's fine. I do think there are some crazies and there are some extreme opinions. Um, every side. That, that, uh, yeah, that, that are obviously like offensive and you can't live with. You know what I mean? But I, I just don't think that if somebody votes conservative, that means that they are a racist or a bigot or a homophobe or whatever it might be. Although there are people on whatever side. And, and you know, I don't think I don't think it, just because you vote liberal, it means that you want to turn everybody's child into a whatever. You know what I mean? Let's exactly. not even get into those talking points. But anyway, th- our point here. 
here is good homie Boris. They, uh, it's just important to, to hear everyone out, you know? And, uh, I think, I think I can see the value in even having a Tyrus on the show, but I'm just saying I would love to be there if it's going, if it's going to happen. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, couple things before we get to to the actual show itself i was given this hat see this hat nice hat right pretty nice it's pretty pretty nice lid pretty nice lid right i like the colors i i like like my purples i think my with my skin tone a purple always looks nice a pink always looks nice with me i have tons of pink shirts tons of purple shirts um <laughs> nice so this is a uh, terrible radio right now so for the listener which is 100 percent of the audience boris just put on a black hat with a purple logo I was literally Intrigued. about to explain what, what what it looks like, right? I was just setting setting the stage. <laughs> now there's a big logo says "Oh my," and it says under underneath that it says "Do what's natural." Remember, this was given to me, and I I'm gonna start wearing this all the time. I was told after the fact about what this brand actually is. It's a brand of sex toys. <laughs> nice so you're rocking a dildo hat around the city bold move bold yeah, move for us that, that's me in a nutshell <laughs> you know what's funny knowing this i will wear it more yeah <laughs> is that so uh well hey man live your life <laughs> <laughs> i don't know why you're shocked about this proclamation i just said I'm not necessarily shocked, having gotten to know you over the last uh, couple <laughs> years. I just, I'm just, just considering myself uh, willingly donning the dildo cap, and I would probably. I it's probably not would've. just dildos, my friend. <laughs> this sex toys is more than just dildos. You got swings. You got pleasures. You got, you got chains. You got cuffs. You got oils. You got candles. Shall we have a whole episode about this? Do we need an education about sex? Not <laughs> stopping right now. I think we should probably. Uh, well, that was the entertainment portion of the podcast, I believe. For for myself, so, at least. <laughs> old dildo hat Aguilar rocking in the city, just living his best life. No, man. Hey, I, it's it's a, it's a fucking hat. It's a, that's hilarious, though. It's even funnier that you didn't know when you got it. Yeah, yeah. It's it's and the 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 origin of the hat is even funnier. Anyways, so one last thing before we get to the show itself, and that is, um, we are planning, tentatively planning, for the Wednesday AEW show, the Dynamite here in Toronto for a get together of the SNME oh. group. Oh, that would be fun. Yeah, I'm into yeah. that. This is the first I'm hearing about it, actually. So yeah, please, actually, I, I, uh, I, I never on. mentioned it to anyone just yet. But, uh, you know, uh, Randy, you know, one of the hosts of the podcast, the, the host of AEWTF, uh, he, he volunteered and I graciously accepted the offer because anytime anyone can take something off of my plate, go ahead. Go right up and do it, as long as it makes sense. Um, and he, you know, we just talked about location. I know Toronto really well. I know Liberty Village really well, uh, with Coca-Cola Coliseum being near Liberty Village. I'm thinking TFC, TFC Hangouts. Um, so I'm thinking it looks right now to be Brazenhead, which is a great bar in Liberty Village. Huge-ass bar. I know it'll be busy for AW. So 
we're making calls. We're trying to set up like uh, an area and stuff like that. So stay tuned. Um, Cause yeah, I think it'll be a perfect time. I, you know, considering the amount of posts that I saw of people going, it just makes sense for it to be for dynamite as opposed to rampage. Right, right, right. So are we going to get together on the night of the show before the show, after the show on the night of the show. And what I'm hoping is that even if you do not have tickets to go, that we can have a viewing of the show itself. Right, right. Well, that's fun. So yeah, I, I, we'll figure out all the details. But yeah, man, that would be really cool to meet some meet some patrons, meet some people uh, involved with SNME Radio. Uh, we did have a uh, staff get together not too long ago, but I still haven't met uh, the East Coast dads in person. I I I'm sure I've met just in passing at indie shows. I'm sure I've seen Randy and the the Dark Side Boys. Because they're good Toronto lads, but I, I I haven't met Randy and shook his hand and you know what I mean. Although I've talked to him on on Skype and stuff, but yeah, yeah man, it would be just it would be great to meet some uh, meet some friends of the show and some hosts of the show as well. I I'm super into that idea. Dope. All right, so let us move in to from 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 happy conversations to a conversation that as a Blue Jays fan, I don't know why I'm shocked. I don't know why I I I I I, I don't know why. I have faith. This is why Jason Agnew is is always correct when he says a pessimist is never disappointed because the Blue Jays, my God, you know, taking six of seven possible games out of the Yankees and the Red Sox, sweeping the Red Sox, you know, going into the weekend facing one of the weakest teams, one of the, 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 the hardest, crappiest teams, I should say, in the American League. You know, at one point this season, going into a 13-game losing streak, riding the weekend on a six-game losing streak, and the Blue Jays get swept. They got done. Not only did they get swept, they got held to three runs the entire weekend, all coming on Sunday, which, you know what? I knew this was going to happen on Saturday. I knew Saturday was going to be a tough game. Not only was it Shohei Otani versus Alec Manoa, but... Anytime that we have a special celebration, the team just implodes and forgets how to play baseball. And on Saturday, the Toronto Blue Jays celebrated 30 years, the 30-year anniversary of winning the World Series in 1992. They brought back, you know, most players who are allowed to actually show up in public. And um, they celebrated that. So, of course, we were going to lose Saturday. But, man, Friday, embarrassing. That, that game. 12 nothing was it? I, I forget what it was. It was embarrassing. It was. More so, Jason Agnew and I were planning to go to a game at some point this weekend. Originally, we were looking at Saturday. Then it was going to be Sunday. But then, you know, some stuff happened, so we couldn't go. But, man, I'm so glad we didn't go. Yeah, yeah, man. Well, yeah, Friday I went. It was the worst game I've ever seen. In in, in some ways, in some ways, it was a lot of fun. But yeah, twelve nothing. I saw Whit Merrifield pitch. Rare that the center fielder gets to pitch. So that's not a good sign, though. So what was it? Twelve nothing. Uh, two nothing. Eight three. Correct. That's exactly so we got, it. We got outscored twenty two three by the Angels. Yeah, rough. Rough, rough, rough. But I've also heard that the Jays have made an error in 10 straight games. So to me, that's just a young team who's lost focus a little bit. It's a long season. They were basically thought that they had made the playoffs safely already. And now Baltimore's nipping on their heels. 
Minnesota even is nipping on their heels. The Chicago White Sox are are way more talented than their record. They could make a run in the final month here. I, the Blue Jays are in a little bit of trouble. Now, I think they're incredibly talented, and they just need to focus. That's all they need. Ten, ten straight games with an error. All they need is to just wake up and focus. Vlad's like making crazy throws from his knees. It's just like guys, just like it's important now. Like the base settle down. You got to get yeah. back to the basics, and I'm I'm finding that even the basics sometimes the Jays forget. Like there's a play on on Saturday's game. Like I was I watched all the games on TV for the most part. There's a play on Saturday's game where it was a very 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 stereotypical run of the mill double play. And the Jays made it look so difficult from the throw from from third to the catch on second to the relay to first. It just looked – it honestly looked like the Bad News Bears were playing. Like it it, it just looked so (laughs) difficult making a – you know, not that a double play is easy, but, you know, there are routine double plays. This is as routine as it could humanly get. And the Jays just make an adventure out of it. Yeah. Yeah, man. But that's that's what I that's exactly what it is. It's just a young team who has played a lot of baseball and is just running into the wall a little bit. And hopefully they break on through that wall and they sprint to the end of this race and it's all forgotten. So let's quickly go through the standings right now. The wall, former WCW wrestler. Yeah, well, of course, the wall, brother. That's the wall, brother. It's the wall. That is exactly what happened. Toronto just ran into the wall. Brother, 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 brother. So, yeah, quickly just to paint the picture. So, the AL, AL West, Houston leads it. Uh, they're first in the AL, 82 and 47. AL East, which is Toronto's division, the Yankees lead that, 78 and 50. AL Central, Cleveland leads that at 67 and 59. Your three wildcard teams, Tampa Bay, 70 and 57. Seattle, 70 and 58. Blue Jays, 68 and 58. So the Blue Jays are one are in the final wild card spot. They are sixth in the AL. If the playoffs started today, they would make the playoffs. Number seven is Baltimore, 67 and 60, one and a half games back. So Baltimore is right there nipping on their heels. Minnesota, 65 and 61 right there as well. That's your seven and eight seed. So Toronto needs to heat up and watch out for Baltimore and Minnesota. And I think I think they're they're going to be fine. I think they're going to make the playoffs. I don't think Baltimore is going to make it yet. I don't think Minnesota's got enough to really pull through here. I think the Jays will be fine. Looking yeah. at the just looking at the standings, I think so too. And I know that we have some easier games coming up. We have a super important uh, series to end the the season, and that's against Baltimore. So, and then we also have I think. Five games in four days against Tampa Bay Rays, the Devil Rays, as they used to be called. Oh, a little double header sandwiched in there. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. So yeah, those are humongous, especially if we're closing the season against Baltimore. That could decide the AL wild card right there. Looking at the standings right now, that would be crazy. Uh, let's quickly do the same thing in the NL. Your boys, the Dodgers, on a borderline historic pace, eighty-eight and thirty-eight. A plus 285 run differential, which let's quickly just unpack that for a second. Run differential is basically how many runs you've scored versus how many runs you've given up. They are plus 285 right now. That's pretty crazy with a month month left in the season. The all-time record, Boris, 
for a run differential. The 19 or sorry, <clears throat> 1884, the 1884 St. Louis Maroons with a run differential of 458. The next two teams, 1939 Yankees featuring Lou Gehrig, 1927 Yankees featuring Babe Ruth. So there you go. The Not 39 Yankees. Not bad Not company bad to company. be part of, right? That is that's that's a crazy stat when you actually think about it. Like that means they've scored two hundred and eighty-five more runs than they have let in. Absolutely, man, and they're just burning it up. I don't know if they're gonna catch the twenty-seven Yankees who had three hundred and seventy-one. That seems a little unrealistic. I don't think they'll catch the thirty-nine Yankees who had four hundred eleven or the all-time record. 1884 St. Louis Maroons. We know them. We love them. But <laughs> anyway, so yeah, Dodgers killing it uh, in the NL West, 88 and 38. NL East, the Mets, secretly one of the stories of the year. They've just been great all season, 82 oh. and 47. And yeah. uh, the Central, Central is led by the Cardinals, 74 and 54. Sorry, go on. No, sorry, sorry, sorry. I just wanted to top, talk about uh, the Mets uh, because, you know, uh, yeah, the Mets are going to met, right? The Mets are going to met. They've been struggling similar to their counterparts in the Bronx. Um, you know, they've had a really rough few months to the point where I've said it, the Atlanta Braves are catching up quick, right? And it's to the point where I really do believe in my gut of guts, as we say here on BAM, in my heart of heart, that, that, uh, the Braves will catch up and surpass the Mets, um, and, and, and there's nothing better than that because, you know, the Mets, like, it, it leads to such intriguing TV at the end of the day. And that's really what it comes down to. Um, but, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. And, and, look, I hate the Mets. I really freaking do. Uh, but, <laughs> uh, and, and the sorry, the Braves. The Braves. I hate the Braves more than anything else. But, yeah, you know, and there's nothing sweeter than to see Buck Showalter struggle. <laughs> That's hilarious, uh, Buck Showalter. Um, yeah, man, I I don't mind the Mets. I think Pete Alonso's nice, nice little power hitter there. He's like, well, not a little power hitter. He's an incredible power hitter. They have the best pitcher in baseball, arguably, and Jacob Degrom. I like that team. They they made some moves there, you know. But Atlanta uh, are the number one wild card, the four seed in the NL right now. They are seventy nine and fifty. The Mets eighty two and forty seven. Atlanta are only three games back. So yep. they could easily catch the Mets for sure. Uh, your fifth wild card, Philadelphia Phillies featuring Bryce Harper and Reese Hoskins. Uh, they are 72 and 56 right now. And your third wild card right now are the San Diego Padres, 70 and 59. But they are without Fernando Tatis Jr. for the rest of the season and the playoffs and some of next season. So Milwaukee at 67 and 59, a game and a half back. Theoretically, they, they've played three last games, right? So theoretically, they win their series. They're tied with or they sweep a series. They're tied with San Diego. I think Milwaukee in the long run gets that sixth wild card. Yeah, I would love to see that. I'm a fan of Milwaukee. I'm a fan of Tellez. Uh, so let's let's see that happen. Look, the Padres. I just don't get I don't get the Padres like that's a team that just can't buy a championship. Now, literally, they can't they can't do it and they have tried. But, yeah, well, they, losing their best, uh, the heart and the soul of their team to a PED suspension is, is going to hurt any and, team. So that's what that's what fucked them this year. 
And I know we haven't talked about that just because it is, for me, it's a whatever story, right? Dude did, dude did, do use PEDs, got suspended. Nothing else to that story, in my opinion, right? Don't want to give that time. Um, we've seen this happen in the past where superstars get, 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 uh, uh, suspended for PED use, and more often than not, they don't come back the same. Hey, that's a really good call. Although sometimes they they do in every sport. It, it, sometimes they do. Sometimes they don't. I this guy's way too young. It's it's. I, I think it's crazy to say. Well, he got suspended for steroids. Now his career is going to be over. I just want. I wanted to highlight that. Like, it, yeah, yeah, it's, it's a concern. It's a story when he comes yeah. back, right? Hundred percent. Hundred percent is for sure, man. But yeah, no, I think it's rough times for San Diego. They do still have a great roster, even without Tatis Jr. But Milwaukee's got some awesome pitching. Corbin Burns is incredible, always perennial Cy Young uh, contender. Uh, they have, they just, they're so good. So I, I think, I think the Brewers are going to take that uh, that final wild card spot in the NL. I think so too. I think so too. Uh, yeah, the, you know what? This adding this third wild card spot is kind of paying off for MLB because you're seeing two amazing races just for the wildcard spots in general, uh, both in the AL and the NL. So for me, that's a win. And I consider myself a traditionalist, right? Like I'm a person who doesn't want to see a robot calling balls and strikes. I'm a person who opposes uh, t uh, time clocks on pitchers and stuff like that. Like I love baseball at its most pure and humble and non-technology use but you know times uh, times have to change right i'm not going to be i'm not going to be yelling to clouds out here but you know um this whole wild card stuff making for intriguing tv if anything Absolutely, man. I like the wild card. I like the extended wild card. Heck, I like the pitch clock, and I wouldn't be opposed to robot umpires either, to be completely honest, until they want to take over baseball and hit the home runs themselves, and it leads to the uh, AI revolution. Yep, then then, then we're screwed. Now, <laughs> a couple things came up on the BAM Facebook group, not the SNME Facebook group, the BAM Facebook group, and that is in relation to two things. Number one, got a question. In regards to next year's schedule, because a lot of people are like, oh, because I posted the Jays schedule for 2023. And a lot of people are saying, oh, why are they facing this team? Why are they facing that team? Now, MLB for the longest time had unbalanced schedules. What does that mean? Essentially, it means that you're going to be facing a random set of teams and you're not necessarily going to face every team in the league. So it's unbalanced in the sense that your schedule might be very different from, say, your rival schedule or a similar team on the National League if you're an American League team, right? So, for example, the J schedule looks very different and could be easier or harder than the Dodgers schedule, you know? So that's an unbalanced schedule where it's a random hodgepodge of who you're going to be facing. Pretty random, but you obviously will face teams in your division the most. About a third of your games are already taken up with interdivision play. So that means in the Blue Jays' point of view, we face Baltimore the Red Sox, the Yankees, and the Devil Rays. Sorry, the Rays. I don't know. I'm, I'm so old school. <laughs> um, and the Rays, a lot, right? Which makes, you know, when you look at the Jays historically, if we were in any other league outside of the AL East, we would have been making the playoffs a lot more. 
but you know when when they decided to split the leagues up into three divisions the jays did have an offer to go to the american league central but the powers that be at the time saw money symbols and they're like we want to face the yankees we want to face the red Sox a lot so we ended up in the al east anyways that's the unbalanced schedule mlb in 2023 is turning into a balanced schedule so what does that mean that means that we are going to be facing each and every team in the majors at least for one series so we're going to essentially face every national league team at least once either home or away every two years but this means that the jays will face off against 29 other teams in the MLB next season. So that's why we're going to be facing teams that we typically don't face, like the Dodgers. Um, you know, we're facing the Cubs again next season. That's the team that people were like, oh, the Jays are facing them. So I'm a fan of this, right? Especially me as a Dodgers fan. I get to see Jays versus Dodgers every single year, once every two years here in Toronto. Yeah, man, that, it's so cool. I love this idea. I think it needed to happen years ago. I think now, an unbalanced schedule is quite silly. I, I do want to say, uh, just looking at the schedule, coming out of the All-Star break, one of those teams we never, ever play, the Arizona Diamondbacks are coming in to Toronto after the All-Star break. I might try to get tickets to those games because those are going to be the least popular games of the season. I might get some good seats for that. Exactly. Then that's the thing, right? You see teams who you rarely see and teams like, you know, the San Francisco Giants. Like, to me, those are awesome teams to possibly have in the sky once every two years so that's a lot of fun now how did they how did they get this to happen this might be good for the jays in the long run right seeing that we do face the yankees the red Sox, the rays and the orioles the most they've essentially eliminated some interdivision games to open up the schedule to face your national league teams a little more so this means that we're going to be facing our divisional rivals less which could be a good thing depending on how good the al east is which for the past season or two has been maybe the hottest division in baseball the past season or two the past 75 years the past like the entire time that i've been watching baseball the al east has been scary and has been is screwed the jays a number of times so i love this for every possible reason. But yeah, like you said, if you're in a power division and you're playing all these tough teams in the AL East being the hardest, most powerful division, obviously it will help. Bring us the Arizona Diamondbacks. Bring us the Colorado Rockies. Let's fucking go. <laughs> yeah. Now, the second question was in relation to markets. Now, um, this person asked, Sean Burkett, I should say, he asked, you know, are there, is there still... Are there still small market teams in the MLB? Short answer. Hell yes. Hell yeah, there are. Not just because a city has a team doesn't mean that they're putting in hundreds of millions of dollars into the payroll, right? So a small market team would be like the Oakland Athletics or, you know, the, the most one of the most other famous small market teams would be the Tampa Bay Rays, right? Like these are considered technically considered small market teams now if you're thinking small market team like you know wichita kansas no we the mlb doesn't have that right but there are teams who don't put a focus on 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 spending money 
Yeah, no, there's always going to be the New York Yankees and the Los Angeles Dodgers and Angels, maybe. We'll see when the Otani and the Mets. Let me throw this in. The Jays, people love criticizing Rodgers. If you look at the payroll distribution, the Jays are always in the top 10. Usually in the top, like, five. They should be, man. They have Rogers backing them. It's a multi-billion-dollar corporation. They should spend more money. I hope but, if Otani hits the free agent. That's a common misconception, right? People think that the that the that Rogers and the Jays are cheap. They can be sometimes, and yeah, you have to, you have other factors as to why we can't sign players to Canada, right? These are American Hicks or Latinos who think we live in igloos, who just don't know better, right? Or don't want to deal with taxes and stuff anyways so you know they're uh, what i'm trying to say is toronto they spend money yeah they should spend more money i hope that when otani hits the market they spend even more money and try to get him sure <laughs> all right well how's are we done with baseball talk there big homie that's all i, I got to say about the topic we are just wanted to quickly touch on some f1 because we talk about all random sports and cur- including cricket hurling e uh whatever esports hell we'll, e whatever we should, we should chat some <laughs> i don't e-sports. think we talk shut the hell i don't up. think we talk oh e God. whatever <sighs> you're killing me today you're killing me today anyways <laughs> Let's talk some F1. I'm killing you today. Okay, buddy. (laughs) Are we going to get into a fight here as we record? (laughs) (laughs) Cut off every fucking point I've been trying to make. Anyway, anyway, let's 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 tell you talk F1 because I have no idea about the vroomy vrooms. And then let's get into some professional wrestling. All right. F1. Last yesterday was the Belgium Grand Prix. Amazing race. Um, it's one of my favorite tracks to watch. I was talking with Dan Lavransky. He's a huge F1 fan, and it's his favorite track. Got renewed for 2023. Uh, super cool about that. Um, but yesterday's race was not the most exciting to see who's going to win. But it was a fun race because, uh, you know, the, the, the current champion, Max Verstappen, from the Red Bulls team, started in 14th position, literally went from 14th to first in the first third of the race and just kept pace and dominated the race. Like, that performance alone is something to talk about. Also, in the first lap, within seconds of getting the green light, um, Lewis Hamilton... And Fernando Alonso just did this nasty-looking crash. Just tried to overtake each other and just crashed. Knocks Lewis Hamilton out of the race. His struggles and Mercedes' struggle continue. Um, but yeah, it was a ton. It was a, it was a super fun race. One of the lines that made me laugh, um, and I, I forget exactly who the two racers are. It is, it's escaping me right now, and it's too short notice for me to actually Google this, even though I could have Googled it in the, chan- in the time that I said I could have Googled it, but I didn't. Um, and that's the commentators. You know, there are their, you know, the European commentators. We get the European feed here in Canada, and they, they, they named the two racers, and they said, this is the first time that two Canadian racers are in the Grand Prix at the same time. And then they kind of paused, and then they said, and that is the most useless stat that I will read to you during today's race. 
That's amazing. It, it appears one of them is David Croft or Crofty, as he likes to be known. No, as he's more commonly known to fans. Thanks, Google. But yeah, uh, so Verstappen's just still absolutely killing it, and he's the best at this thing. I think so. I think so. You know, he gets a lot of flack because of his ego. I think the Netflix show didn't help him help that. Uh, but he he's kind of like an unproven. His dad's like the most annoying person in the world. Uh, very well known in the race community. But, you know, um, he's good. He's freaking good. And the Red, Red Bull cars are just amazing right now. Uh, so hopefully with some of the rules that they add over the offseason, they'll kind of balance the, the field a little more. But Red Bull just has by far the best car. You can put it, me or you behind a Red Bull car and, you know, we wouldn't be in last. I'd I'd be in last. You know, I would you for sure. I would probably crash <laughs> and like. <laughs> you know, I would I would I would kill me and Lewis Hamilton, uh, not on purpose. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, man, no, it would. Uh, oh boy, I, I would definitely finish last. But I get your point. You'd you'd probably you'd you'd, you'd be all right. I fare all right. I fare all right in a Red Bull car. But yeah, Red Bull is just killing. Not only is Max Verstappen leading the 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 single points race, but Red Bull is leading the. The builders category right now, which is just, yeah, it's great for them. Uh, Mercedes is struggling. Lewis Hamilton is struggling, uh, which kind of sucks to see, right? Just because he had such a dominant run for so long. Yeah, no doubt. But I, it's not necessarily over. You know what I mean? But absolutely. Hey, sometimes, uh, you know, even the greats have an off season. Maybe he'll be back. Maybe. Maybe, like I said, maybe when by the time that they make whatever changes they have to, we'll be able to kind of uh, uh, get back into it, right? Yes, yes, sir. Yes, right. sir. So we were going to talk some college football. We're going to move that to next week as the season begins. We'll kind of do like an overview of NCAA football. Um, and there's a lot of chatter about realignment. And I think more news is going to come about realignment, the Pac-12 and the Big Ten, especially uh, with blocks happening, with feuds happening internally at schools. UCLA is imploding. Everything is fine at UCLA. Um, Oregon might be moving to the Big Ten. So we're going to save that chat for next week because I do believe that we're going to get a lot more news this week about realignment and just the NCAA in general. Yeah, you definitely. We have a lot of football talk next week because I'm also going to be hitting you up with a little NFL preview, Boris, because the season begins Thursday, September 8th. So uh, our September 5th show is going to be the last chance. Also, we're going to have to do some star ratings for all of the wrestling that happens this weekend. So it'll be a packed show next week on BAM. I'm excited for that one. Yeah, so if you want to listen to that show and more, patreon.com slash SNME radio for just five bucks. You get this show and every single show that is going to be available to you this week, including a Raw review, a SmackDown review, a Dynamite review, a Rampage review, more and more reviews, all the reviews. One wrestling show just about every single day. Yes, sir. Uh, the AWTF boys, the Dark Side boys, talking about uh, all things AEW once a month as well. There are also some bonus shows like that. Agnew still doing a trivia show. We got Dan the Mouth Levransky pumping out a classic rock show. Like we got some good stuff here. We like to talk some sports and our general uh, dis disgusting shenanigan-filled lives. <laughs> so including, hopefully you're enjoying the show, including. Uh, no, whatever. I'm not even going to go there anymore. All right. So 
There's a time to <laughs> well, move the on dildo hat? Dildo hats, exactly. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Uh, all, all of the dildo caps you could possibly handle on your podcast feed. Yeah, and then some. All right. <laughs> uh, so did you watch Impact Wrestling this week, big Not homie? only did I watch Impact Wrestling. I filled in for Bob Kapoor over at SlamWrestling.net to do my uh, the Impact review analysis report uh so that's um something that you can check out at slamwrestling.net uh great canadian company great canadian media division doing media division stuff for professional wrestling including tons of interviews tons of really fun different articles that you get from other wrestling sites that's one of the things my major takeaways from slam right like they do a hell of a job in tracking down obituaries, getting these old school people doing interviews. It, it's a really fun site to see, right? It doesn't just focus on the major uh, promotions. Absolutely. And you know what it is? It's that Greg Oliver is an absolute historian and quite frankly, a legend. He's like, he is a professional wrestling legend in Canada in terms of the way he's covered this business and the class with which he's done it. Like he is, he is legitimate and that's why slam wrestling is so good period. Yep, exactly. And sometimes it just like boggles my mind that Greg and I just have this random conversation about MLS and TFC and soccer in general. Right. And I'm like, this guy's literally writing a book for X, Y, Z person as we speak. Um, and you know, he's taking time out of his day to chat soccer with me. That's really cool, man. Absolutely. Yeah, he seems he seems like I've talked to him briefly and he seems like a really great guy. Um, he's actually asked me to help out and I, I just I couldn't find the time, but I would love to pitch in with Slam Wrestling uh, in some form because I love that website. I've read it for years, for years. Yeah, same here, same here. Um, you know, they used to be part of a bigger media company, right? And the fact that they are not anymore and still kind of have been able to maintain uh, that momentum just goes to show you how good and talented the staff is. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. It's hard. It's a hard thing to do. I, I I like to think we've done the same thing here at SNME Radio and some other places have done the same thing. And it's tough. It's tough to do. It is so, so shouts tough. To anyone, shouts to anyone who's pulling it off. Yep. All right. Impact Wrestling starts off with a Knockouts World Tag Team title match as VXT, Chelsea Green and Deanna Perrazzo go up against Jordan Grace and Mia Yim. Amazing match to start the show, dude. Nice, nice. Chelsea Green and Deanna Perrazzo. I like that pairing a lot. I, I hope that they get some rub here. I hope they go far. Yeah, and they did a great job of, of, you know, Jordan Grace is your knockout champion. They kept her super strong. Mia Yim was kind of like the... F- the fourth person uh, out, uh, but even she had a good match. Impact doing a great job of of, of making Mia Yim look strong. Uh, you know, essentially, Jordan Grace overpowered VXT constantly, so VXT needed to distract the ref, distract their opponents, and that's how they gained the advantage. Uh, at one point, Chelsea Green distracts uh, Jordan Grace uh, as she was entering the ring. Uh, that VXT hits Grace with their pendulum for the pin and the win. So your oh. knockout champions are still VXT. So Deanna Perrazzo pins your champion, Jordan Grace, pins the world women's champion of Impact. That's yep. that's notable. Exactly. That is notable. Um, it should be noted that we are, there is an Impact Plus special happening. Um 
on the 23rd of September called Victory Road. That's September 23rd, and they're setting up for that. And also, you know, they're they're sort of planting seeds for the matches for their biggest show of the year, Bound for Glory, which is happening on October the 7th. I believe that's a Friday, right? I believe, I believe, I believe I can, no, I'm not going to finish that one. Um, can't, that's a song we can't really sing anymore. Uh, yeah, it is a Friday. Oh, no, R. Kelly's been canceled. I love that song. Oh, Space Jam it took such a blow. Damn you, <laughs> R. Kelly. Sorry, please continue. Yep. All right, the next match was Carl Anderson versus Mike Bennett with the uh, stipulation that if Carl Anderson wins, Maria Kanellis is banned from ringside when the original Kingdom and the Bullet Club, the the uh, uh, face-off for the Tag Team Championship. So, Taven obviously comes in. He wants to get involved. Luke Gallows comes back. He chokeslams Taven on right on the ring apron. Anderson takes control of the match. He hits the gun stun on Bennett for the win, which means that Maria is banned from ringside when the two teams face off whenever it is that they face off. Which, for oh, the record, kind of... right after the match, Scott Demore said, y'all are facing off against each other next week on Impact. Well, there you go. But yeah, I don't know why you take Maria Canellis away. She's the only interesting part of the act. Hey, oh, anyway. <laughs> Pretty much, right? All right, let's move on. So Savannah Evans does Savannah Evans stuff. Killer Kelly is making uh, her presence known. Uh, she ends up grabbing Tasha Steeles and essentially scares her and says, next time you'll see it coming. Nice, nice. So what what has happened to Tasha Steele since she lost her championship? Nothing? Is it a no. Hangman Page situation? Yeah, yeah. It's a very much a Hangman Page situation. Um, yeah, it's just, she's just there, right? She's doing stuff. They have her, at least in, in, in this new feud, but even when she was champ, though, she wasn't featured, right? Yeah. Well, hey, man. It is. It, it, it's tough. It's tough to feature everyone. It's clear that she's not maybe in their top five most valuable women. So I, now, I don't know. One it, thing that it, we it do have sucks to, for. Yeah, sorry. One thing that we do have to remember, and I think my camera is like a couple like blips behind, which is why I'm cutting audio from you so much today. And I do apologize, Matt. I am sorry, Matt, for cutting <laughs> you off. Um, uh, I f forgot what my point. Oh yeah. The knockouts division in Impact is super strong. Like, it is so, there are so many talented people there. So, if you're even making it onto TV, it's huge. Yeah, fair enough, man. Just like the Jordan Grace is really, really good. Obviously, Chelsea Green is super talented and great on the microphone. Deonna Perrazzo is the most underrated female wrestler in professional wrestling. She is full stop fantastic and needs more recognition for that. Mia Yim, right there, just the opening tag team match, that's four women who are above Tasha Steeles on the card. It's not even getting into, like, Rosemary or whoever else, right? So, yeah, I think she's safely, like, not top five in the company in kayfabe. And then you have people that they're trying to put, like, build, put a name to, like Killer Kelly, Misha yeah. Slamovich. You know, they're just, it's such a Jessica, formerly Jessica Havoc. Now she just goes as Jessica super super talented and we haven't even talked about people like rosemary right like it's just such a strong division and i'm I know absolutely you, yeah anyways 
<laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. 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 Uh, other, right. other than me just now. But yes, dude. Yeah. Continue, please. But like in general, like in general, right? Like, all right. Uh, then we got two squashes. Uh, Bupender Gujar beat Jason Hodge very quick. Brian Mayers was out for commentary. After the match, Mayers enters the ring. For some reason, he hits Gujar with a cheap shot. He then shoves the referee, Skirt Armstrong. Skirt Armstrong shoves him back. Uh, Bar- uh, Gujar hits Mayers with the gargoyle spear, which is essentially a middle rope spear. Um, then he does this three count and steals Brian Mayer's digital media championship. They cut to the back and uh, Gujar essentially says if he wants his belt, he can come get it himself. Funny digital media championship. While I understand it is kind of a good idea on paper, it just it doesn't even hit as hard as TV championship. It just sounds like a jobber title, you know. Maybe the fact that it's on Kurt Hawkins, Kurt Hawkins, that's not helping. Yeah. The, the former, the former Kurt Hawkins, Brian Myers. But yes. Yep. All right. We had Josh Alexander versus Vincent in a non-title match. This match was actually pretty good. You know, I enjoyed this match. Josh Alexander. Nice. Kind of Josh Alexander, right? He's been one of the best wrestlers. He is he is always one of the best in ring technical wrestlers in the business over the last five, six years. If you made if you made your list of the fifty best technical wrestlers going, like he would have to be near the top of the list. And he's just yeah, man, I, I'm not surprised that he got a good match out of seasoned veteran Vincent. Yep. Hits the C4 spike, gets the win after the match. His Bound for Glory opponent, Eddie Edwards, was at the entrance ramp uh, with a mic. And he says that he and Josh Alexander, they don't have to be enemies. You know, you don't have to listen to the crowd. You don't have to listen to the marks. You don't have to listen to the idiots. You and I could be a force to be reckoned with if we work together. Um, Eddie Edwards essentially, you know, is trying to get on Josh Alexander's good side. However, he hits the ring, and Heath, yes, Heath, eventually attacks Edwards out of the blue, uh, hits a wake-up call, and just runs away. Heath, the former Heath Slater, the ginger ninja. The reason for this, (laughs) good line, the reason for this is because Heath has vowed to take out all of uh, Honor No More. Ah, I see. Okay, very good. Yep. All right. Uh, we get some more backstage stuff. Um, Raj Singh was with Shira. They're talking about becoming unstoppable. We see Moose and Steve Macklin arguing. Um, Sammy Callahan attacks both of them. Macklin starts bleeding from the attack when he was uh, constantly hit with barbed wire. Oh, geez. Barbed wire on your impact show. Uh, we get Jessica versus Alicia, uh, another squash match. Jessica wins uh, very quickly after her spike pile driver. Oh, spike pile driver for the finish. Interesting. Jessica versus Alicia in the battle of 2010 WWE Divas. What do they Pretty have much. one name? Um, <laughs> Sammy Cahan comes out. He interrupts the show. He's for some reason, wrapped himself in barbed wire. He says that he wants Moose and Macklin at Victory Road on September 23rd in a barbed wire massacre match. Fantastic. Oh, snap. Yeah. Triple threat barbed wire massacre. Sammy Callahan, just like you do, when you're Sammy Callahan, you just wrap yourself in barbed wire, just staple your tongue to your cheek before a promo, just because. Yeah, just because. I got to ask, 
is this hardcore stuff just 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 like you know i feel like uh sammy callahan needs to take a step back after this program and remind people that he can actually wrestle i agree i think that's a completely fair point yeah man 100 it, it's it's a little too much it's a little sticky it's not as bad as some of the deathmatch stuff out there like i don't find sammy callahan's work to make me like squeamish or to i i find it to still be like professional wrestling work he's still like you know doing intelligent things and making a really good match out of this this crazy violence but yeah they're they're beating the crap out of each other and hitting each other in the head and bleeding a lot and uh yeah i can i can take a step back from it for sure yeah especially because like sammy callahan was you know i thought he was going to end up being the, the contender for josh alexander at bound for glory so you know i kind of want to see him go back to wrestling maybe have like one or two programs as a wrestler do all the hardcore you want but sometimes it's you know if you're not in gcw you you gotta be a regular wrestler unless this is what he wants to do then sure whatever go go at it right i'm sure it's what he wants to do to some extent because he's always doing it but yeah i, I think we don't need it every week yeah all right main event match of the night maybe Possibly, if it wasn't for the trios match on Dynamite, which I thought was great, but not amazing, this was probably this. You know, oh man, it's hard to rate even matches in a week now with WWE putting such a focus on wrestling. I know, man. Yeah, wrestling like the the floor is gonna raise a little bit. Although when, when we rate matches, we try to rate them against like every wrestling match ever and everything we've ever seen, which obviously is a lofty goal. But like we try to rate them against like superstars matches from 1991 and stuff. But anyway, with so much good wrestling happening right now, the floor has been raised. Like it's just the way it is. But yeah, but, it, this is, sounds like a dope six man here. Yeah, but is the floor lava? Is it lava just yet? <laughs> yes, it, it is lava and it's bubbling up, Boris. Yes. All right, Time Machine, Alex Shelley, Chris Sabin, and Kushida versus Violent by Designs, Diener, Eric Young, and Joe Doring. Yes, sir. What a banger trios match. The uh, Motor City Machine Guns and Kushida versus uh, uh, three good wrestlers in their own right on the other side. Yep, yep, exactly. Now, bef- okay, we'll talk about this match, and then I want to talk about something, about the Forbidden Door. All right, so Doring... I'm a huge fan of him. He ends up hitting uh, Saban with a power slam. Diener followed this up with a diving headbutt, headbutt, and then Eric Young quickly hits an elbow drop. So bang, bang, bang. This wasn't enough to end the match. Violent by Design was just frustrated at this point. Uh, this frustration is their downfall, though, uh, because Diener was attacked by quick punches and kicks from all the members of Time Machine, and then Chris Saban hits Diener with a cradle shock for the win as the show went to a close shortly thereafter oh geez so friggin these guys are getting pushed pretty hard they're coming in the whole forbidden door so it's a good thing that uh, time machine gets this win pretty important win yep so next week on impact mickey james has a special announcement diana peraza versus masha slamovich in a number one contenders match really looking forward to that match i've been saying for a long time masha slamovich needs a real opponent as Chris Canyon used to say, who better than Deanna Perrazzo at this point? <laughs> She's really good, man. The most underrated female wrestler in professional wrestling is Having Deanna Having said that, I do think Masha Slamovich is going to win. Oof. Oof. You think so? I think so. I don't know. I, I think I think probably... 
I'm going to guess that uh, Deanna wins via cheating, via Chelsea Green's interference. Yeah, you see, that could be the obvious way, but just they've been building up Misha Slamovich for so many months. Just having her just, just, just rock all these opponents for so long. And then in her first meaningful match, she's not going to get the win. I don't know. That's the one thing that makes me think that Misha is going to win. Yes, uh, that's fair, man. That's absolutely fair. That makes a it makes a you make a strong case. They should push some new people if they really if they're really strong on Misha Slamovich. Like we said, it's a tough uh, scene to crack, man. There's so many good wrestlers. Yep. And then the good brothers are going to be facing the OGK, the original kingdom, Matt Taven, Mike Bennett for the tag team titles. Overall, okay episode. I would give this show three and a half Dixie Carters out of five overall um you know they're planting seeds they're like the pay both pay-per-views both specials are so far away that they're just planting enough seeds to keep stuff interesting you have great matches like this main event anytime that you can see Kashida, chris saban and alex shelley wrestle together you know it's going to be a good match um this show didn't have speedball mike bailey which made me sad but you know you had josh alexander and you had vxt doing what vxt does best yeah, absolutely. Sounds like a good one, man. Yep. All right. All right. So, so what I wanted to talk about was uh, Alex Shelley and Chris Sabin being pushed as super faces here at Impact. And from the looks of it, they're trying to kind of make them a little more heels in AEW as they team up with Jay Lethal this week. Is that the aura that I'm getting? Well, it seems like it. Yeah, Jay Lethal is definitely a heel. Yeah. Sanjay Dutt is super duper heel. So. Yeah, so it's kind of weird, right, that the Mortar City Machine Guns are being pushed as heels in AEW, kind of, sort of, but maybe that's the, that's going to be the story, right, where Sanjay Dutt and Jay Lethal thinks that they're, that Mortar City Machine Guns are fully on their side. Yeah, I could definitely see that for sure. I, I, I think it's just more because they wanted to improve the match, and since, you know what I mean, since Jay Lethal is a heel... They're just going to maybe work a little more heel, but they haven't really done or said anything on AEW yet at all. So I don't think they're being pushed as a heel. They're just aligned with the heels, you know? Yeah, possibly. That's that's exactly it, right? Um, but it just, it just, yeah, it just to me, it's kind of weird sometimes. And that's kind of where the, the whole forbidden door kind of gets a little a little shady at times because the way that you as a promoter might want to represent these people might be different than how they're being represented in their from their home promotion which you know that's a whole other conversation because i'm sure scott damore doesn't want mortar city machine guns to like you know beat everyone up and drop f-bombs and be super heels yeah i, I and nor should they yeah <laughs> I, I think that makes i'm just like that's the extreme of this yeah yeah all right so shall we talk about it yeah, let's talk about NWA 74. So I didn't watch this show. I was thinking we could just read. It's going to we got to go like bang through this because this show is going very long. But I was just going to cold read the results to the matches, which as I'm looking right now, they were 30 matches, 3-0 over the two nights of NWA 74, which is absurd. But anyway, yeah, you want to do that? Yeah, go ahead. All right. There's a couple. Oh, so this, oh, oh. <laughs> We're doing fantastic today. Um, there are a couple matches I do want to talk about, but I'll inject my thoughts. Apparently, I've been doing that all show uh, as we go along. <laughs> awesome. So, yeah, to a lot of our listeners, this might just be like 
me reading random wrestler names. It would have been funny if I would have mixed in a couple fake matches here just to see if anyone caught them. The but Grand yeah, Pooba no, so. versus Ziggy Zaga Zoo, which is actually well, kind of sounds like a match that happened here. <laughs> uh, not too far off one of them somehow. But yeah, so okay. So night one begins. The country gentlemen, AJ Kazana and Anthony Andrews, defeated Gold Rush with three H's. A team of Jordan Clearwater and Marche Rocket, managed by Austin Idol. Match one out of 30. Match Pre-show two, match. Ret- Whatever. <laughs> the, yes. the next few matches are pre-show matches, essentially after uh, the Colby Carino match. That was the f- main event of the pre-show. Yeah, the first four matches of night one are pre-show matches. So Rhett Titus, Rhett Titus defeats VSK. Rodney Mack defeats DePope, Elijah Burke. Yep, and Caprice Coleman and your boy Gustavo Aguilar defeat Colby Carino and Wrecking Ball Ligurski in a pick your poison tag team match. Yeah, this match was fun, right? Like, I I love Caprice Coleman. I always forget that he's a wrestler. He he did a good job here. But come on, guys, push my boy, our boy, Bam's boy, Colby Carino. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, we need we need Colby to be like in main events of this promotion because he's arguably the best wrestler. Not even arguably. He's the best wrestler in NWA. I think so. Oh, I think so. Like, I cannot wait uh, for his contract to be up. Insert weekly joke so that he can be main eventing dark. Brap. (laughs) All right. Uh, So we're on to the main show. EC3 defeats Mims by submission. The miserably faithful which is a six-man trio of Judas, Sal, the Pal, and Gags, the Gimp. They are managed by Father James Mitchell. They defeated the Ill-Begotten, a team of Alex Taylor, Jeremiah Plunkett, and Danny Deals. Uh, Only two of these six men in this match even have a Wikipedia. This was a Beelzebub's Bedlam match. Uh, which was another name for a street fight, a recurring theme over the two nights. Yeah. So your miserably faithful win, better yet, better known as the MFers. Ah, they're the MFers. Billy Corgan, ladies and gentlemen. Match number seven, Chris Adonis defeats Odinson. Match number eight, for the NWA junior heavyweight title, Homicide defeats Kerry Morton. This match was great. This match was fun. This is a, a match that people should watch. Really enjoyed this. You know, I was, and again, I said this on Rampage Ramble. I was pro Colby Carino getting this belt. I do understand that you kind of want someone with a little more name having some of the belts. Made sense that Homicide got it. But Homicide still has it. Oh, he's still a very good wrestler. Absolutely. It, it, he's very small, and I think that's the and he's just he's older. I think that's the reason why he didn't really make it into AEW, but he's I could see him showing up there one of these days. Same with Kerry Morton. Honestly, he's, he's very good. Yeah, absolutely. So Rolando Freeman, Rolando Freeman defeats Matt Cardona. By pinfall. Tough beat for the Long Island Iced Z. So this match was was funny just because Matt Cardona, he was able to pick his opponents. So he could have picked anyone. He picks this small little dude, Rolando Freeman. I thought it was going to be Brian Myers, uh, you know, just to have a like finger poke of doom type of match. But I kind of liked how this played out. It reminded me of Razor Ramon, one, two, three, kid. 
Nice. Uh, it's the exact vibe they were going for. Yeah. Rolando Freeman's like a Marco stunt type Pokemon, right? Yeah, exactly. All right. Uh, next up, the Burke Invitational Gauntlet, a winner becoming the number one contender at the World Women's Championship. So Max the Impaler wins. She last eliminates Natalia Markova. Your opponents, your combatants here, Kylan King, Samantha Starr, Natalia Markova, Missa Kate, uh, she, we are a big fan of Missa Kate's work here at the program. Maddie Rurensky, sorry, Maddie Renkowski, <clears throat> Maddie Renkowski, Taryn Terrell, Max the Impaler, Tootie Lynn, who also we love here on the show, Angelina Love, who is possibly the worst commentator in the history of professional wrestling, and Genocide. Yep. Great name. The best so, name in NWA. Genocide. I love it too. I call, I thought. Yeah, I'm happy that Maxine Paler won. That was kind of my 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 pick going into this match that I mentioned on the Rampage Ramble. Uh, so I'm I'm shocked that they actually pulled pulled the trigger, right? Like I really really thought that it was going to be Kylan King winning this match. She's had the most TV time, but yeah, Maxine Paler is such a such a different type of character. It's like Mad Max meets uh, Rosemary Goldberg. Yeah, yeah. Mad Max meets The Undertaker or something. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Uh, yeah, so I, I'm glad she's getting a push. Match number 11 on this never-ending show. Sion defeats Jax Dane uh, to win the NWA National Heavyweight Championship. Match number 12, I heard some praise for this one. Bully Ray defeats Mike Knox in a tables match. I heard that was pretty good. It was very good. This match was a lot of fun. Um, you know, if you watch an episode of Raw in 2006, you probably watch this match. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Uh, La Rebellion uh, win back the vacant NWA World Tag Team titles from the tag team of Hawks Airy, which is Luke Hawks and PJ Hawks. I would have loved to see uh, Hawks Airy win that match. That's weird to me. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. Um, yeah, I, I really, yeah. La, Re La, Re La Rebellion makes sense, but yeah, sure. Yeah. Weird one. And then your main event of night one, Camille defeats Taya Valkyrie, the former Frankie Monet, for the NWA World Women's Championship. So Camille holding on to that title. Yep. And I love the fact that we still refer to her as Frankie Monet, considering she was only that character for what, like from April to September of 2021? Yeah, exactly. Right before the 2.0 switch. And then she was unceremoniously dumped, which was terrible. Anyway. Okay, here we go. Night two, match 15 overall, match number one of the pre-show. Again, a four-match pre-show here. So match number one, Doug Williams and Rhett Titus go to a time limit draw because fuck my life. <laughs> <laughs> uh, match number two, Angelina Love, the worst commentator in professional wrestling, defeats Taryn Terrell by pinfall. Match number three, Kerry Morton defeats... Yeah, boy, Gustavo Aguilar. And match number four, I actually like this gimmick for a match. It's a queen bee match. So it starts off as a six-woman tag, and the two trios obviously fight. They have a tag team match. The winning trio immediately starts a three-way elimination match, and the winner of that is declared queen bee. We see this in lucha matches a lot. I like this gimmick. This is the best thing uh, Billy Corgan has booked in his entire career. This is the best idea he's ever had to steal this from Lucha. So our match was Natalia Markova, Missa Kate, 
and Maddie Renkowski over Kylan King, Genocide, and Taya Valkyrie. And then Missa Kate uh, eliminated Maddie. And then Natalia eliminated Missa Kate. So Natalia Markova overall won this match, was declared Queen B, Boris. Yep. Yep. That was a thing. <laughs> it was indeed a thing. Match number five, two out of three falls. Caprice Coleman versus Colby Carino. Colby wins this match two falls to one. Was this the best match on either night? Yes, 100%. Match <laughs> bit, right? by far. Dude, this match was so good. Go out of your way to watch. Actually, actually, this match will either end up on our top 122 list or the hard cuts. Yeah, man. Yeah, definitely. I think we're going to do only 10 hard cuts this year instead of like 70 or whatever we did last year. It was, it was too much. But yeah. I can see that. I'll definitely go back and watch this match and only this match. Next up, we had a tag team battle royal. I'm not even going to go through everyone in that because it's just that we don't have enough time in the world. But there was like an 18 team tag team battle royal won by the Fixers, which are Colby Carino's group, Jay Bradley and Wrecking Ball Ligurski. So maybe a little push for Colby Carino here. He wins and then his group wins the next match. Yep. Yeah, what's, uh, you know, I thought the OGK was going to win this, Matt Taven and Mike Bennett. J.J. Dillon did come out with them. That was a nice oh, little wow. touch. Yeah, yeah, right? Um, I don't know, man. Like, I'm, I'm thinking that that's going to happen, right? I'm thinking that the Fixers are going to get a nice little push along with Kobe. I think so. I hope so. Next up, Magic Jake Dumas, who I, with Christy Janes. I like the, the gimmick is... He is a magician, but he's a bad magician. Uh, I don't like this guy that much. I've seen a lot of love for him on the internet. I think the gimmick is completely missed with me in the limited time that I've seen it. Maybe it was a better performance here. I actually might check out Magic Jake Dumas because I do love a comedy wrestler. But for some reason, I, 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 he's not making me laugh. I'm not liking him too much. But anyway, Magic Jake Dumas with his assistant, Christy James, defeats Mercurio. Yep. Mercurio. Moving on, Davey Richards defeats Thrill Billy Silas Mason to retain the MLW National Openweight Championship. Pretty fun match. Uh, man, Davey Richards, so good. He's one of the few reasons why I still pay attention to MLW, along with Jacob Fatu and uh, their champion. Uh, Hammerstone. Just, yeah, yeah, Chris Hammerstone. Yeah, Alex, uh, the Alex. fake Hulk Hogan. Yeah, yes, fake yes, Hulk. Yes. yes. He's more um, like what's-his-face from The Wrestler, the movie. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, Randy Duram, Mickey yeah. Rourke. <laughs> yeah. He's a Mickey Rourke-type Pokemon for sure. <laughs> uh, next match, NWA National Heavyweight title. Scion defeats Anthony Mayweather. Yeah, that was a thing. Indeed, my friend was a thing. Next up, a street fight by another name, a King's Highway street fight for the NWA World Women's Tag Team Championship. Pretty Empowered defeat the Hex, Allison Kay and Marty Bell. Pretty Empowered are comprised of Ella Envy and Kenzie Page. Yep, so this match surprised me. I honestly thought the Hex was going to get their belts back, but... Man, NWA obviously sees something uh, with Pretty Empowered. It makes me wonder if the Hex aren't going to be around much longer. But, yeah, I was shocked with this match. 
Yeah, I wonder what's coming for the Hex because they were pushed really, but they just can't. They can't be champions for ten years, you know. So yeah, maybe they just it's just not their time right now. But yeah, it's surprising. I, I agree with you. I would have picked the Hex to win. Yeah. Match number eleven on this show for the junior heavyweight title. Homicide defeats Ricky Morton, so he beat the son on the first night. Now he beats the father night two. Sure, why not? <laughs> uh, Ricky Morton's still going strong. Rick, you know, here's Flair, the thing. Here's here's where this booking bothered me. It should have been reversed. It should have been you beat the old fart and then you get the young talented kid as opposed to beating the young talented kid first and then getting the old fart. You're literally well, putting yeah. father over son, making it seem like father is the final boss. Well, that's an excellent point, my friend. Well put. Yes, indeed. I think that would stand to reason. Although uh, to Billy Corgan and to probably a lot of the audience, Ricky Morton is the bigger threat, sadly. Uh, match number 12, singles match. Nick Aldis defeats Flip Gordon. This was a fun match. This was a good match. I really enjoyed this match. Yeah, Flip, Flip Gordon's a tough case, man. He went from like BTE, like in with the boys, to basically not anywhere near AEW. I wonder, I, I, I have theories why that is. I'm not going to get into them on the podcast. Yeah. Moving on. Another street fight by another name. The Missouri Tornado Tag Team Match. J.R. Kratos and DePope Elijah Burke defeat Aaron Stevens, the former Damian Sandow, and Rodney Mack, the former Rodney Mack. Yeah, this was a thing. And then the next match <laughs> was a whole other thing. Oh, my God. Match number 14. <laughs> Thom Latimer versus EC3 ends in a no contest when Control Your Narrative runs in. The uh, openly, I guess you would say right wing, but it, that's not even what it is. It, it, that's not even bad if something is necessarily, it, it doesn't make it evil to be openly right wing. But ML, uh, Control Your Narrative is the stupidest wrestling promotion, stupidest, I've ever seen in my life. So to be involved with them is just instant change the channel. Like, thank you, Billy Corgan, for getting involved with them to let us know that we never have to watch another second of NWA. This is what it comes down to for me. You know, they, they, they want to control their own narrative, but they have these stupid rules and everything seems like it's a big cult. It's just, it's just, yeah, it's, I'm it's so just happy carrying cross got out of there when he did. Same, because he could be a legitimate star in WWE. He's way above it. But yeah, so yeah, control your narrative runs in to disrupt Thom Latimer. Tom Latimer versus EC3. Match number 15 for the NWA World Women's Championship. Max the Impaler, who won that battle royal, loses to Camille. So Camille retains the title. Did you catch this match? Did you see any of this? Yeah, this is, I caught bits and pieces of this match. I started fast forwarding a little because time was getting a little, uh, little tight. Um, but this match was overall pretty good. You know, Camille, this is what AEW is trying to do with Jade Cargill. But Camille does it so much better. Well, Camille's a better wrestler right now than Jade Cargill. Cargill has certain star qualities that Camille doesn't. But Camille is like almost as big and she's a way better wrestler. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I, I like Camille's work a lot. Like, I will seek this match out. I will watch this in the opener for sure. And then the main event, the 30th match of the weekend that Billy Corgan promoted, it was Trevor Murdoch versus the aforementioned on the podcast, Tyrus with black G's for the world heavyweight title. Trevor Murdoch defeats Tyrus 
And apparently there were some shenanigans at the end of the match. Trevor Murdoch was congratulating Tyrus or something. And then Tyrus flipped a table over and started yelling at Trevor Murdoch. So while congratulating him, he stopped and called him a bitch. I didn't catch the end of that, but I did read that in the report and that stuck out to me. So I just regurgitated that verbatim to you, the listener. Uh, I will not watch this match under any circumstances ever in my life. I don't care if it was the worst match of the year and I have to watch it for a podcast. I'll quit the podcast. (laughs) Nine hours, two nights. God damn you, NWA. But here's the thing. Look, it's a hard watch overall. The production is iffy at best. Some of the wrestling, whew, whew, I'm sure everyone has seen Twitter uh, and, and, and that, that latter spot from the Saturday show, right? Now. What match was that in? I forget which one it was. Um, but here's the thing. At the end of the day, they do have some good wrestling. If you're a fan of old school studio wrestling, this might be the show for you. If you're a, friend, if you're a fan of Razzle Dazzle, this show will not keep you entertained. NWA should not have two night pay-per-views, should not have nine hours of wrestling spread over two nights. Don't do that. Please, for the love of God, please don't do that ever again. I know it's your anniversary show. I know it's a huge deal. I know the NWA tradition, you know, blah, 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 blah. But please don't do that. They could have had a banger of a pay-per-view if it was kept to one night. 100%, 100%, man. Well, banger, maybe, maybe not. You know what? NWA has been awesome in the past. In 2019, they were sick, but a lot of that is the roster. And you could say what you want about Jim Cornette and whether it was just to fire him or not, but he's a way better commentator than anybody they have now, and he added so much to that product. So watching NWA Power in 2019 with Jim Cornette on commentary, with Ricky Starks and Eddie Kingston cutting promos like, dude, that's why NWA power was so good and why it sucks so bad. Now, God bless him. It's because the roster kind of sucks. Like you heard the names we just read, like who in that in that bunch other than Colby Carino is a true blue chip a prospect. I don't know if the maybe Max the Impaler, maybe Camille, Camille, Max the Impaler for sure. Colby Carino for sure. And other than that. It's it's a rough roster, man. It's a it's a thin roster. You also have the the new up and comer, uh, Ricky Morton, right? So that's <laughs> <laughs> what I mean. Tyrus in the main event, the thirtieth match. It's it's Fox News correspondent, the Funkasaurus, the Fox News Saurus. Get the fuck out of here! Are you kidding me? Get out of here, Billy Corbin. So I don't know. I think anybody who paid for this show needs to have their head examined. And look, God bless you. God bless you. No, yeah, I, I, I don't mean to insult. If that's your bag, if that's your cup of tea, I hope you enjoyed it. But I, I'm I'm glad I didn't pay my money for this. Are you kidding me? Funkasaurus, get out of here. Get, that's give the thing, me a right? fucking break. If you're looking for like, <laughs> it's whatever you're looking for. Like I say, this is the beauty about wrestling right now. There's so much out there that you will find your niche. You will find what floats your boat, right? Unfortunately, NWA as a whole doesn't float our boat maybe floats my boat a little more than Matt's, obviously, right? I will say it wasn't the worst, but it's far from the best, and there's so much work to be done. And I think that you hit the nail on the head when you did say that. It, it, like One of the things that made NWA cool in 2019 was the commentary with Jim Cornette. What were the up-and-coming stars like Ricky Starks, right? Like, he was huge in NWA. Uh, but, yeah, like, yeah, 
no more two night shows. And yeah, it's just that was that. But no, I think no more two night shows. A little bit of fresh blood all over the card, up and down, and in the main event scene. The next big NWA show put Colby Carino in that main event against Trevor. Even if Trevor's going to roll him, even if Trevor's going to beat him in like seven ten minutes, put it in. Put him in there. Give him a chance. Yeah, unfortunately, I, th- I feel like they're going to you know go back to old faithful Nick Aldis because they have this Billy Corrigan versus Nick Aldis thing going on. Oh, a groan. Shakedown 1979. Cool kids, Boris. We ain't do- We just don't got the time. Man, I fucked that up. I butchered that. Damn it. It, it would have been good. I need, to, I need to get to work. Yep, same here. All right, so that is the show. That is BAM. Thank you for listening. Just remember, you can get this show and every other show if you join our Patreon, patreon.com slash SNME radio. You can, you know, here on BAM, we talk about everything. Sometimes we'll do a quick review. Sometimes we'll go in depth. But we always try to give you an updated view of what's going on with these matches. We usually talk Impact. We usually talk New Japan Pro Wrestling. We throw in NWA. We throw in MLW. We throw in random indie shows if you want to to watch it let us know what you want to hear join the patreon patreon.com slash snme radio and just remember you got a slew of shows coming this week including two after parties he's matt i'm boris stay tranquilo ah, ah, ah. <laughs> <laughs>